0: Welcome again to the Bat-Ass Podcast, the Batman the Animated Series Show podcast, where we talk about Batman the Animated Series. My name is Clay McCormick, and with me as
1: always is Sean Murphy. How you doing, Sean? Good, man. I'm uh, really curious what you're going to think of Riddler's Reform. Mm. Um, given that we talked about the first two episodes with Riddler being kind of the same, mm-hmm. this one does take a different uh, approach. Uh And I'm curious what you think about that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, we're going to be doing two episodes like we always do. We're going to be doing Riddler's Reform and Second Chance. So we'll take a quick break and we'll get started with Riddler's Reform. Mm Riddler's Reform story by Alan Burnett Paul Dini and Randy Rogel teleplay by Randy Rogel directed by Dan Reba and in this one the Riddler is hired to work for a toy company vowing to turn over a new leaf but Batman refuses to believe he has changed and he suspects that the Riddler is still obsessed without smarting and defeating him now the Dark Knight must prove that Riddler is still a criminal at heart and send him back to Arkham so yeah I um, I have uh, a couple of thoughts about this one the first is this is the f- fourth villain reform episode in this series and second chance is also a villain reform episode and harley's holiday also seems to be a villain reform episode so they're they're just going down yeah. the list seeing if they can make these guys be good or not
1: yeah i mean there's a lot to mine there yeah. creatively I, I do like the idea um You know, there's a really great emotional beat in this and uh, where Riddler realizes he's never going to stop. Batman's never going to stop. It's only a matter of time. And um, something about Batman being the only one that's worthy of the game. Mm -hmm. I can't remember if it was all the same monologue, but you did see an emotional element to Riddler, which I don't think we've really seen before because he's so cocky and sure of himself and arrogant when he was like sad that batman died kind of but um mourning the fact that batman's the only one that's worthy of the game Mm. and uh you know just looking at his sad future and all that i don't know i I just felt that that was a nice beat that he probably could have used sooner on in the other episodes but uh maybe it took him this long to figure it out
0: yeah i i feel like that um though they seem to be going back to this story idea multiple times, they have managed to figure out different ways to do it every time. Like the Penguin one is different than the Poison Ivy one, which is different than the Killer Croc one, which is different Mm -hmm. than this one, which is different than the Two-Face one. And this, I think, is half of a great episode. Yeah. I loved the first half. The first half was like, everything that i had wanted from a riddler episode Mm -hmm. um because he's really they're they're really playing with the idea of of what riddler is known for as far as leaving these clues and everything and they actually as far as the reform aspect goes uh they do in this what i was talking about or what we were talking about in the poison ivy episode where i said usually batman would be all over this person And he saying what he literally says in this episode, which was uh, I know this is you, I'm just waiting for you to slip up and I'm going to be here when you do. Mm -hmm. Um, But usually they kind of try to undercut that idea if they do that, but in this one they just, the Riddler actually doubles down on it, which is interesting.
1: Yeah, you're right. You know, I I agree. If I'm going to watch a Riddler episode, the one that I'm going to watch is when they're in that maze um, and Robin and Batman are traveling on that Hand of Fate, mm-hmm. fighting the Minotaur. I just feel like there's, it's just more fun, even though that's a rehash of the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. Now that you've said it, I agree. I, I love that he is going straight. He has a sponsor. He's making his own Rubik's Cube-type stuff. He's not going straight, though. That's
0: the thing that I can't... That, that's a little bit hard to parse out, because he's still robbing banks. So he's still... That's right, yeah. Yeah, he's still... <laughs> But it's strangely he has no ulterior motive for going straight. Like it, the uh, uh, partnering, <clears throat> se- uh, lending his license, his trademark license to this toy company, isn't mm-hmm. like a front for
1: anything. It's just literally right. another stream of income he's looking into. I guess he's just torturing Batman or teasing him on the side because yeah. he just can't help it. And Batman's right. I th- yeah, I think that's the thing that makes it so interesting is because.
0: He, it, it it I I guess he's going straight, but yes, he also has this other side where it, he just can't st- help himself. Which yeah, that's the stuff I find really interesting. What I you know, the scene, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say what I find less interesting is when the second half when he's like, well, I guess there's only one thing to do. I just have to kill Batman, and then it kind of <laughs> yeah. just turns into a a, a kind of run of the mill sequence of him trying to kill Batman.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like um, you could have killed Batman when he opened that present. You could have killed Batman when right, he, uh, right. he starts cr- cranking that thing. You could have killed Batman with the bomb hanging above it, but you had to bring in a big TV and put in a little video of you saying "fuck you" one last time. Ha 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 ha! And I, I guess that really does seem like the Riddler.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like Heat a little bit,
0: where at the end of Heat they have uh, that that one guy who's the uh the guy who who sold them all out uh the new guy to the crew who sells out the rest of De Niro's guys and gets everybody killed Mm -hmm. and whatnot and De Niro has that moment where he's driving off with the girl and he gets the location of the guy and he's literally on the highway and if he takes the off-ramp and goes to the airport he can get this guy or he can Mm -hmm. just keep driving and 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 be scot-free and it's just he can't help himself he has to tie up that loose end and so yeah. that ends up being the downfall. I love that stuff. That, that's, that's a great, that's great story material.
1: Yeah. But maybe you're right. I mean, first of all, when, when we realize the Riddler is stealing jewelry, there, there's literally a party in the next room waiting for him. Yes. That's so one of the rooms had a bunch of jewelry in it. And oh no, it's a different building. It's, it's not, it's not oh. the same place. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, I must've blinked at the wrong moment. Um, You know, to your point, though, maybe this episode would be better if he was going straight, he wasn't trying to rob anything, and he wasn't even giving Batman clues. But Batman showing up at the beginning to point out that he doesn't trust him, and Nygma's going to slip up, and Batman doesn't believe his reform for a second, Mm -hmm. maybe that should be what triggers Riddler to... uh, start messing around to try to beat Batman. Like, maybe Batman's doubt in him is what motivates Riddler to start his old bullshit again. Mm. You know, which would be interesting, because then that would make Batman kind of responsible for him pulling off another crime. If Batman had not approached him and said, I don't believe you, maybe Riddler would have just retired and made a lot of money making toys, you know? Sure. And you could have had a real moment where Batman's realizing, like, maybe I shouldn't have said anything at all, you
0: know? Right. There's a uh there's an episode of The Prisoner which is my all-time favorite TV show. I think it's called, I think it's Hammer into Anvil. I could be co- I could be wrong. But uh where uh you know, basic setup of The Prisoner, there's this prisoner who's in this place called The Village and it's run by this guy named Number 2 and it's all, you know, uh fully surveillanced, and they're trying to get the whole reason he's there is because they want information about why he resigned being a spy and they're trying to do whatever they can to get the information out of him. So every episode is a new way that they're trying to hack his brain, basically. And there's this uh, this episode, Hammer into Anvil. Um, number six, which is the, the name of the main guy, starts doing these little eccentric, uh, uh, eccentric um, acts, which number two, who's the guy who runs the place, uh, views as him either uh, participating in or trying to drum up some sort of like subterfuge inside the village, so mm-hmm. number six will go to the record store and listen to specifically this one record in the specific record player, like a specific number of times and so and so number two's watching this going like there's no reason he could be doing this other than he's trying to send a signal to somebody and so Number two just goes crazier and crazier and crazier as number six is is just doing all of this random shit, which ultimately mm-hmm. le- it, the only reason he's doing it is to drive number two nuts, which, yeah. he, which he does. And I was thinking, I was a little bit surprised they didn't do something like that here where the Riddler is trying to go straight, yeah. but Batman just keeps seeing riddles, you know, like yeah. he can't let yeah, the Riddler, yeah. he can't believe that the Riddler is going straight. So everything the Riddler says, Batman is like, no. I see what it is. <laughs> I see what he's doing. It's coordinates on a map, you know, that kind of thing. Like, and, and How would you end that episode though? That's what I I'm like not that. sure about because you either yeah. have to end it with Batman legitimately being wrong and the Riddler mm-hmm. legitimately going straight or some other sort of trip up where I don't, I'm not sure. I, I guess it depends on what, what the, the message or the theme of the episode is, but it's. Right. I think that would be really fun and interesting, especially when you've got Robin there mm-hmm. um, who's kind of like, the, the voice of reason who's like, I don't know, maybe he is
1: going straight. Maybe we should, you know, Ooh, what if we did everything you're saying, but Riddler is purposefully trying to frame his wealthy business partner. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the episode, Batman realizes he was sort of wrong. All the evidence isn't pointing to Riddler. It's pointing to the business partner. So Batman has to make an arrest or whatever. Mm-hmm. But as he's carting him out, Riddler gives him a smirk, like, he played Batman, he framed his partner on purpose, and Batman didn't realize it until now. And even if he did, he really doesn't have any proof, you know, sure. like something like that. Yeah, that could work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Um,
1: but yeah, it's. I think
0: that's the thing that is a little bit of a disconnect for me in this one is because I think the first half is so strong uh, yeah. that when it turns into him, ha- Riddler, having this break where he's like, well... I I guess technically he is trying to go straight, and his realization is the only thing standing in my way from doing that is how much I like fucking with Batman. So the yeah. answer is I have to kill Batman. Um, from that point on, it's just like yeah, it's not his most inventive method of doing that, so it wasn't super
1: engaging. No, but. that's the thing is he didn't use a riddle to kill Batman. He just lured him into a place, and and by the way, his fucking clue was was dumb as hell. <laughs> go to where toys all began. Oh yeah, yeah. toy convention. Yeah, yeah, makes total sense, Riddler. Yeah, um, and he, yeah. Says,
0: he says go to where it all began. And I, if I was Batman, I'd be like, does he mean, does he mean just this episode? I guess. Yeah. Or do the, I need to plastic, go the first the plastic place I factory. Ever met him? Yeah, the plastic factory. Do I have yeah. to go where my parents where, were killed? What? What? How far yeah, are we going where back
1: here? <laughs> Where's mo- Riddler's mom was knocked up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of vague. I feel like that could have been cleaned up a little bit. Um, but I thought, yeah, the, I, I, thought the ri- <laughs> I thought the riddle
0: stuff in the beginning was great I liked the uh, yeah the, the map riddle and then when they get there <laughs> nothing's going on and he realizes well if you flip it upside down it's actually a street name that's that's really clever yep. um, yeah and it was yeah that stuff is the stuff that I, I kind of want out of a Riddler episode that I right. feel like was a little bit lacking in the other ones which were both really over the top
1: yeah yeah, I guess I just like the one with the maze because it's more fun in games. Oh, sure. It's not yeah. that it's well-written. It's just spectacle. But, sure. The yeah. uh, the other thing I found interesting is this one
0: and the next one are both episodes that end with the villain being driven further insane by Batman mm-hmm. denying them something, which, right. uh, seeing as they're both co-written by Paul Dini, I assume maybe that's coming from him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but it's it's interesting because you've got in this one you've got uh, like I think the next one overall is a stronger episode. Um, mm-hmm. But this one you've got Riddler going nuts just because he couldn't figure out how Batman beat the the the, yeah. the trap. When I mean, if, yeah. <laughs> I would have more. If I was him, I would be thinking more about how he beat my virtual reality minotaur maze than how did (laughs) Batman avoid getting blown up. Because, you know, I feel like Batman avoids getting blown up on a regular basis.
1: There was a ton of shit in there, too. It wasn't an empty room with no exits. It it was filled with magic things and keys and locks and, you know, lead and metal (laughs) chains. I mean, come on. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, he. I mean, it worked for Indiana Jones in, in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Batman just jumps into the the, the fridge essentially, and uh, oh, saves yeah. himself from the blast.
1: Um, so thanks for reminding us about I that know. movie, yeah. Clay. Yeah, <laughs> I remember
0: that when nuke the fridge was was a thing people said a lot,
1: and then it just isn't anymore because pop culture moves faster than light at this point. So nuke the fridge. That was sort of the Indiana Jones equivalent of uh, Han shot first. Kind of no. Because Han Han shooting first is is a
0: uh, a controversy over the the added footage uh, of the new ones,
1: whereas nuke the fridge is just something that they did in the movie. That's that's part of the movie. I took I took nuke the fridge as saying this franchise used to be great. What the fuck is with this fridge? Sure. And Star Wars like this used to be great. What the fuck is with Greedo? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess if you look at it that way, I guess they were kind of equivalent.
1: Yeah, sure. no, I think you're more right, though. I was looking at it in a more shallow way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I noticed the rain effects in this episode were really great. Oh, really? Uh, I thought they were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're not animating rain. They're sort of taking, I don't know what you call it. um it looks like they're rotoscoping rain. Yeah. Like filming it, yeah. knocking it out, and sort of putting it on these opaque overlays or whatever but Mm -hmm. i don't know i i I sort of like that effect when it's done well but now i'm I'm actually watching while we're talking and there's some stuff that's not done so well
0: yeah it stood out to me i i didn't like it because it stood out to me watching the blu-ray which is so so clear for the most part oh
1: yeah that when they got
0: to those rain scenes they're so heavy like they did so much of that effect that it it started to really make everything kind of muddy and uh in the next episode, they do some rain stuff, and I thought the rain in that one was a lot cleaner and a lot clearer.
1: Um, so the rain in the second one bugged me because it was too much like, here's a droplet. Sure, okay. Or, here's a droplet.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah But hey, th- it's all about taste, I yeah, guess. Yeah, to each their own. Because I, I, I feel like I've seen them do that rotoscope effect in the past in a way that I actually mm. really liked. So I don't know. Maybe it was – for me, I, I think it might have just been a little bit too much.
1: Yeah, I hear you. You know, I got to say, at the end where Batman is explaining everything to Robin and Alfred, while Alfred's pouring them coffee from a huge coffee mug, by the way, (laughs) or a coffee pot, and he's using his hands to hold the front, so he's burning his fingers. I just felt like there had to be a better... The the scene is designed to be like, oh, ha-ha-ha, Batman figured it out again. Man, you're so clever, Batman. Why are we sitting over our breakfast table... T- with coffee with Alfred here, like w- w- this, you couldn't have framed this better. Yeah, you know, just it's the next day. Everybody's
0: just woke up, having <laughs> breakfast, got <gonna> to talk <laughs> about something.
1: I think you know, I think that
0: whole thing, that scene, and the the method that he escaped, I mm-hmm. I felt like that stuff fell flat for me because I get what they were going for, where Riddler's being driven insane. By this question of how Batman escaped this trap, right? Mm-hmm. But and Batman ultimately, his answer is extremely simple. Like it's mm-hmm. not like he outthought the Riddler or or concocted some genius plan to escape. He just hid himself inside of a, a vault, which was not affected yeah. by the explosion. Yeah. I don't think that comes across as being. Mm-hmm. The, I don't think the effect of it comes across of it being like, oh, no, it was actually a, a really simple solution. And right. I think part of that is because I think the bo- the the trap is so simple. Like mm-hmm. if, if the trap had been more elaborate uh, instead of just locking him in a room with a bomb, I mm-hmm. think that might have come across a little bit more that what he ultimately did was a very simple, the simplest explanation uh, yeah. that the Riddler hadn't even thought of.
1: You know the um they waste a lot of time animating stuff that really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. There's a sequence where the t- Riddler's two henchmen are making an escape outside a, the building on a uh, a painter's uh swing. Oh right, you yeah. know the things that not painters, sorry, window cleaners. Sure. Uh, pulley system. Yeah, that scene is cool, but it goes on for it's way long. too long. Yeah, and then you've got when Batman enters this room. There's a there's nothing there. Then there's Houdini's stuff and toys and then there's a box and then he opens it and then he has to do this and that and then his TV it's like I feel like they could have spent more of that time bolstering the other the, fixing the other problems that we're talking about rather than showing Batman fighting these guys in the rain
0: yeah yeah I think so too I think I think this episode needed a, a, a bit more of a conversational scene at the end or a co- confrontational yeah. scene at the end between the Riddler and Batman where they really kind of hash out the uh yeah the the problems between the two of them
1: and the stuff where batman's the only one deserving of the game i think that's interesting and i think i'd like to know what batman would have said if he was there Mm -hmm. um do you think riddler
0: tells him that though like do you think that's that's that seems like something riddler would be aware of but he would never tell batman
1: right yeah i know i agree but i would like to know if batman heard that what he would say um because he wants to tr- pretend the Riddler is just another villain, um, maybe he could go a little bit deeper with villain and, and with with Riddler and go, yes, you know, I'm. You might be better at this stuff than I am, actually. There is that what you want? Fine. Now you heard what you want to hear, but in the end of the day, I'm still going to catch you. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. And in the end, I mean, Riddler is really what he's saying is he's lonely, and I feel like there's an emotional beat there that Batman could could echo somehow. I, I don't know what I'm really looking for. Yeah, no, I, I I know what you mean
0: because yeah, I like you said at the beginning that that emotional beat with the Riddler kind of feels like where he's he's admitting that his I guess the Riddler portion of his life is now over because mm-hmm. now Batman is dead supposedly yeah and he's throwing yeah. his stuff away and he's like yeah I, I mean I guess there's nothing yeah uh, careers change lives cha- lives change I guess this is the end of right. an era for me that that that's right. something that
1: they've never really done before which I did like right or what if riddler was too clever for his own good and somehow batman there was a riddle at the very end where he was going to blow up in the bomb room whatever and batman actually caught something riddler said as the bomb was about to go off found a secret way out and then later when the riddler is freaking out batman says you actually gave me riddle you didn't even realize it like you're so good at riddling you riddled yourself oh sure Sure. Something like that. That maybe that could be a different ending. Worked yourself into a shoot, as they say in the wrestling world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I uh, when I started this episode, I was at a four, and now I'm at like a th- a week three, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would go week three because
0: I did. I did really like this one. Uh, mm. You know, I think it has a lot of potential to it. I I, I definitely started at a four myself. I yeah. think I would give it a solid three. Um, okay. Because the first half I do like enough to kind of uh, to kind of give it a pass. Um, yeah, what would you what would you want to draw on this one?
1: Uh man, I mentioned the Houdini stuff a few times. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that might be one of your things too.
0: Yeah, I don't know. This one was tough for me because it wasn't like a, there wasn't a lot of like really super interesting set pieces. It was it was fairly down the middle. Yeah, how would you? Um, what, you want to just do? Do you just want to draw a page full of? Uh, <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Toys and knickknacks Because that would make my head explode I would
1: not want to do that I've done that I know you have You've done it a few times Yeah Yeah, I've done that Every comic I do I feel like I I convince people I'm way more of a nerd Than I am Mm -hmm. Because I go deep dive Into all these little Easter eggs And I draw a character In a book With a bunch of toys Do you convince Do you convince
0: people That you're more of a nerd Than you are Or do you let people see (laughs) Unknowingly How much of a nerd You really are
1: You know I knew you weren't Going to let that slide (laughs) yeah no i mean um i did it who's leaving um, the riddles
0: now sean
1: (laughs) it's not a riddle van i think you're just being an asshole (laughs) um uh obviously i'm just kidding Mm -hmm. um or am i there's a riddle no the (laughs) for white knight i drew you know joker in a cell with a bunch of toys and um did i do it again in curse i don't remember um, not that I, re- I don't Ma-
0: remember that specifically in curse. There might've been something similar maybe, but not yeah. quite to the, to the extent of the first one
1: in uh plot holes. I have a character who's a comic book artist and he walks through his studio. So I took that as a way to draw a whole bunch of cool shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in, um, Mateo's book, uh, that my wife is writing, there is a scene where we find out this character is obsessed with Harley Quinn and he has a whole bunch of Harley stuff in his room, similar to the Joker scene from Volume 1. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, at first I was like, ooh, man, I don't want to repeat myself. And then I thought, well, actually, it's kind of a theme at this point, so let's just go with it. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I- not surprisingly, Mateo drew the hell out of it. Oh, it looks, yeah. looks great. I, I, can't imma- I can imagine he did. Yeah. <laughs> and he had a, another scene with uh, Grey Ghost, and I said to him, uh, draw a bunch of like Grey Ghost stuff In his apartment. It's kind of Batman-y, but just change change it all to Batman instead of Grey Ghost. Um, Sorry, flip everything I just said. (laughs) Strike that, reverse (laughs) it. Yeah, and um, he did, uh, I said, make sure you have the little car from that episode. Make sure you have the gun and then this and that, but uh, whatever else you want to throw in there is fine. And I thought he was just going to put in some um, boring, typical, just boring toys but he actually watched the episode and got pretty specific, and he had mm. no idea who Grey Ghost was uh, until he got that script. So I was really impressed with the really? tale, oh, especially yeah. because he speaks English as a second language. Sure, yeah. Yeah, because I-, I saw those pages. Those pages look amazing. Yeah, fire lit Grey Ghost, yeah. right? <laughs> I would like
0: to point out uh, that the, the comic that they're doing right now, the new Batman continuing adventures or whatever, that they the <laughs> digital one they've been doing. Uh, yeah. has some pretty solid firelit Batman stuff in there. So I you yeah. know if you need a fix like I do a firelit Batman, you can do worse than the new uh, Batman adventures comic.
1: So instead of what would you draw, how about you answer this? If you were going, let's say that DC came to you and said, Clay, we want a statue of Batman in your art, and we want to do it firelit. Mm-hmm. So draw Batman your way, but then draw something around him giving off fire. What would you choose that to be? Like a Jeez. fireplace, smoking rubble. Um, what would you do? What would I
0: draw? how would I choose to firelight my Batman? Yeah. What um, prop would you add around him besides fire? Part of me wants to say the the back end of the Batmobile, but I don't know why he would be standing it, <laughs> <laughs> that close when Robin's, to the Batmobile. <laughs> when Robin is stealing it. <laughs> yeah, Robin's just <laughs> nailing the gas of the Batmobile while Batman's standing behind it. Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh,
1: Robin, um, you want to stop You're burning my face
0: yeah I don't know that's that's a tough question I, I would say maybe like uh, if you wanted to I think you would have to do like a diorama type thing where that where you mm-hmm. see what the source is and whatnot so it would be cool yeah. like if they if they did him fighting Firefly or like uh, something like yeah. that where Firefly's yeah. got like the the gun going
1: off and then the lights hitting Batman yeah. or something like that would be kind of that'd be kind of fun right I would do yeah I I Um, in putting together another statue and the idea was that um, the the motorcycle I designed for Batman, the exhausts are right around his knees and of course because it's awesome. The exhausts shoot fire. <laughs> so I thought maybe he could be firelit while on his own motorcycle. Sure. Also, kind of. I'm glad he wore his fireproof tights because his knees would be burning. <laughs> yeah, man. That's what life. those. That's what those
0: big long boots on his legs are for. <laughs> no,
1: they're not just prostitute boots. They actually serve a purpose. Yeah,
0: you got to do one of those those uh, uh, diagrams where they where you pull out every pull out and make up. What every little piece of his costume is for. It's like, oh, those boots are specifically fire retardant for riding the motorcycle. And you know. yeah,
1: I did. I did not include that sketch in the uh, the back matter of the book. So a lot of people, I think, eventually some people just got used to it. It takes a while to learn how to draw it and make it look not weird. The bike or uh, the pants? No, the my his 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 long ass boots. Oh sure,
0: yeah. I I think it's I like them. I've I've never not liked them because I think they. Oh thanks. Uh, you, you know, we had this conversation when you were designing him, where it's like, you, "Who gives a shit what his legs look like anyway?" You're not going to see. You know, it's like bet he has got a big cape on. The only thing you see is his chest.
1: Yeah, I think it's because our friend Corinne always gives me shit for it, and I think that I can't tell if she really hates them or just hates me. She's just she's just jealous. She just wants. She's jealous that she didn't think of giving Batman thigh-high yeah. stripper boots. Um, if it was my statue, one other thought I had was if Batman... You know what? The, picture a scene where Batman enters a study and there's a fireplace going and oh, he yeah. discovers a body. Like I think it would be cool to have a diorama where Batman is like f- seeing a clue, or maybe like there's a bunch of spray paint of Joker or whatever. But yeah. he's standing in front of a small fire in a fireplace with like a leather chair behind him, something like that. Your statue sounds easier to fit on a bookcase than mine. Mine
0: sounds like it's like one of those <laughs> one of those uh, uh, what the hell's that company that does the really hyper realistic ones that are like two feet tall and. Oh yeah, I don't sideshow know. Not... sideshow collectibles or whatever. Oh right, where yep. it's like we've we've made a nine hundred dollar statue of the specific scene from Avengers Endgame. Yeah, Pro-
1: mine's probably is, closer to that. It is amazing that people buy those things. I, I get buying toys and trinkets for anywhere under a hundred bucks mm-hmm. or two hundred at most. But when you're spending like five thousand dollars for a gauntlet, you know Marvel style. Sure. You know, movie accurate coffee table. Like, <laughs> that's, a, that's a commitment, man. Yeah. I, I think the stuff that they make is absolutely
0: gorgeous. The, the, those statue yeah. companies do unbelievable work. Um, yeah. But every time I go to a convention and I walk through that section and I go, oh, my God, these statues are beautiful. The next thing I think is who the hell is buying these and where are they putting them?
1: Yeah. I don't know. You know, I've got a lot of buyers in France that buy my art and my stuff's not cheap. Um, some of them have galleries and stuff, and uh, I imagine they have rooms where they store this stuff. And in that room, there's statues, and you know, they money is really no object sure. to a lot of these guys. It's it's it's. I wonder.
0: It's crazy. It's cool. I wonder how many repeat buyers there are because I could totally think like if I had the money to do it, I could. Mm. It, and I, if I had a room like that, I could totally see of picking like two of those. Yeah. Just to like be like centerpiece type things or whatever. Right, Um right. I don't know if I would be able to, I mean, who knows? You know, if you've got the yeah. money to burn, I might have yeah. as many of them as I do regular action figures, and which is right. an OC number to begin with.
1: So. There's a a Batman 89 giant thousands of dollars mm-hmm. coffee table thing coming out, like a, literally a coffee table size. This thing's got to be four feet long with like lights and sounds. And You're talking I mean, about you the, sent me a link.
0: the Batmobile? Yeah, yeah, yes. the '89 yeah. Batmobile. Yeah,
1: and um, if you did have that in a glass case and made it a coffee table, and it was in your studio or your Batman room, I could see getting away with that. Sure, yeah, um, that's not you know it's it's not that weird. <laughs> yeah, but if it's like. What, all right so you have one of the you have one excuse to get that but you've got you ordered 10 of these things <laughs> like where are the other pieces going and they're not all bad well they're you know i and just like, bought a who new who's married house? to you i just who bought this house?
0: i got a lot of rooms i gotta furnish you know every room has an end table <laughs> and i don't have that many lamps so i need a <laughs> oh, three foot tall sculpture of the incredible hulk punching iron man uh <sighs> that cost more yeah. than my my car
1: When we decorated our house, uh, I insisted on not having any comic book nerd stuff at all. Uh, Like, I wanted guests to come in and not know what I did for a living, period. (laughs) Until you got to my studio, and then I was happy to display that stuff there. Sure. Um, And I'm glad I did, but I'm, like, so particular and picky and anal about what I want. Um, Sometimes they'll make action figures of my Batman, Mm. and I don't love it, so I won't even keep my own. But... It's weird. I don't know. Like, I'm, I worry that it's going to get out of hand. Like a lot of other artist studios that I see. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, like yours. <laughs> no, I don't think mine's out of hand. I think it's like
1: it's like getting close, but <laughs> it's not out of hand yet. <laughs> well, when you be when you get a bigger house, you'll be more right because yeah. you'll have spread it out more, and it's yeah less. Yeah, offensive. I'm just
0: I'm just preparing for that is what I'm doing. Now. <laughs> um, getting
1: ready for my big Batman room
0: in my mansion. Oh God, I, I wish. The one other thing I was going to say about this episode was I, you know, it's I I find like as we were talking about this uh, and Mm -hmm. and the Riddler wanting to outsmart Batman, I was actually thinking that Riddler, I could see Riddler being the alternate villain for what the first volume of White Knight because it feels like a a Riddler thing that he would kind of do where
1: Riddler goes, you know
0: what, you know what, no. I am smarter than you, Batman. So this is what I'm going to do. Right. I'm going to do everything exactly by the book, and you're not going to have <laughs> any any cause whatsoever to take me down. And I am going to turn the entire city against you. Like I, I could, right. I could see that being something he would cook up.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good, actually. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, I think the reason I picked Joker was because they told me to go big. Sure. Yeah. And no, I, I always sense. had yeah. to thing in my head like oh, well, how would I do my version of Joker or whatever but yeah yeah I totally can see that working I'm really fo- looking forward to seeing what they do with him in um, the new movie yeah the Riddler yeah me too
0: yeah I'm, I'm uh, I think looking forward to that quite a bit and you you can yeah. you can all learn more about that if you want to listen to our little short episode we did came out a couple weeks ago
1: yep <laughs> and I can say for the record um, uh, I was told uh, by DC not to talk about Batman the Pattinson movie anymore they have not heard my our or episode, and I don't think they really care. But I think that they have plans to like roll out their marketing campaign their own way, and I think they're worried that if a lot of their artists, or bigger name writers, start talking about it, it's going to like you know sure. confuse the message. So, sure. <laughs> so if you, <laughs> you want to hear me dodging Robert Pattinson questions, that's <laughs> why. <laughs> if you, what you're
0: saying is, if you guys want to hear the stuff you're not supposed to hear, you come back to this <laughs> yeah. show because we're talking about all of it
1: you can talk about it and you'll just hear me pause. Get silent. Yeah. We'll do
0: the, the, all the president's men thing where I'll say something <laughs> and I'll say, uh, if, if you, if you, if this is true, say nothing. And then I'll just <laughs> wait till you say nothing. And then I'll move on to the next question. Um, I don't think people care
1: what I think, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I,
0: I, I'm, so, I'm still shocked. People listen to anything that myself or Wes or you or anybody has to say on any podcast, not just yeah. my, not just mine, just across
1: the board. Um, yeah, I don't know. So uh, it's you fun. S- you have a good you have a good radio voice, man. I turn you guys on just so I don't feel like I'm so alone sometimes. <laughs> I've told you. I'm,
0: I mean, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but I have a friend who, uh, 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 my friend Amanda, who does the uh, Rotten Horror Picture Show with me. Her mm-hmm. uh, husband Greg sometimes will <laughs> will come in and, and say they'll be talking about something, and he'll be like, "Yeah, I was just talking to Clay about that," and she'll go. You haven't seen Clay in like two months. Were you listening to a podcast? And he kind of stops for a second and goes, yeah. No, I, yep, that's what it was. I was listening to him on a podcast. <laughs>
1: Quarantine man, does man, I don't weird know. things it's, it's, to people. Yeah, it's crazy because people listen to podcasts like usually on their way to work while they're cooking. Mm-hmm. Or if you're in the creative field like we are while you're working, you know, and um, – you can only listen to so many throughout the day without you know your brain exploding. Sure. So I'm always surprised that people take the time to listen to us for an hour when they could be listening to like NPR, or, you know, what Yeah, something, something real, something useful. <laughs> yes.
0: Well, and you know, thank you obviously to everybody who does because it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun to do. So I'm glad there are people some some people out there who are enjoying it.
1: Yeah, well, I'm sure I lost half our uh, listeners when I started disparaging uh, overpriced comic book memorabilia <laughs> oh you, no one's buying your statue now yeah,
0: <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, yeah. You, I'll you'll be asking me how many firelit Batman statues I can fit in my basement because you have nowhere to push <laughs> them
1: well you know when I burn your basement down they'll all be fire lit well there we go <laughs> um,
0: so I think that's going to do it I think we both said did, are you, did you say high low three
1: yeah three same as you sure
0: yeah yeah it was a good one good good not it could have been great but it isn't quite there um, yeah so yeah that's uh that's gonna do it for the riddler in this series he won't show up again until uh the next series so we'll take a quick break and then we'll be back with second chance second chance story by paul dini and michael reeves Teleplay by Jerry Conway, directed by Boyd Kirkland. And in this one, just before he is to undergo the operation that will restore his sanity, I don't think that's true, uh, Harvey Dent is kidnapped by a mysterious villain. Batman and Robin split up to nab the criminal who is behind the scheme in order to abduct in order to abduct the Dark Knight's old friend. Uh, they suspect that either the Penguin or Rupert Thorne may be behind the kidnapping. I said that isn't true because it's I, I don't think it's... T- it's just to fix his face. He's already listed as sane, I think, by the time that they do this. Um, yeah, yeah, this was i I really liked this one. um I feel like this is a story they do with two face fairly often. um like it's essentially the the first half of Dark Knight Returns is more or less this story. Uh I know that they've done it. I think they've done it in the mainstream comics at some point over the years. So it, mm. it feels like the idea that um Harvey is Harvey's all better and then they fix his face or they attempt to fix his face and it turns out that he's just all bad or something like that is, is a is a, mm. a trope that they've gone back to a few times. But uh yeah, yeah I, I yeah. really like this one. I thought the, the mystery was well done. Um and the payoff, I thought, was was really worth it. And I thought the the way that they get him at the end with the coin was was inventive. I thought it was I thought it was really good.
1: Yeah, me too. I also really like the subplot where you have Batman getting kind of short tempered with Robin. Short, mm-hmm. he's a little rude to Robin. Sure. And Robin's just trying to help him. So you have Batman helping an old friend, but sort of dismissing a new friend in Robin. And. Um, further on you know batman says i'm gonna go do this alone and robin's starting to get a little butthurt that batman is just being kind of a dick and he decides to follow batman anyway and swoops in and saves batman at the very end batman says i'm so glad to have a friend like you Mm -hmm. you know mirroring his lost friendship with harvey so i do like that subplot because i think that robin needs that you know yeah yeah It just bolsters Robin's character a lot more, too. And uh, there's a lot of great Robin stuff in this one, I guess in both of these.
0: Yeah, I I wish they had leaned a little bit more into that stuff, actually, because the stuff with the Penguin and Rupert Thorne I thought was a little bit rushed or a little bit weak. So I would would have rather they spent more time with uh, Batman and Robin having a differing opinion about how to do this stuff. Um, Yeah,
1: you could have given Robin a more stronger line, like, hey, man... I know that this is your friend, but you've got to, you know, you're drawing Batman's attention to the reality here and Batman can maybe ignore it at the time but then come around by the end of the episode or, I don't know, do something else. Sure, sure, yeah. But yeah, I think that stuff's important. You know, for me, the moment where he and Robin are driving the Batmobile and Robin says like, okay, fine, whatever, I'm just a college kid then and Batman's like, sorry, you know, (laughs) Harvey was a friend of mine and blah, 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 blah and Robin's like, no, 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 I get it. Like, that's to me is, is probably the biggest beat in that discussion but yeah i would have preferred a little bit more now that you mentioned it yeah
0: um and yeah the stuff with harvey i i liked i liked that uh this idea that they they never i don't think they ever explicitly say this but i i, I do like this idea that two-face is kind of working on his own uh <laughs> separate from harvey so he is this comp- this other entity who is who is doing this out of uh, self-preservation so to speak um, yeah, yeah I, I like that I like where they play up how how very different Two-Face and Harvey can be
1: mm-hmm. yeah this episode gets repeated in season 4 or 3 depending on how you label them mm-hmm. where there's a new villain called the Judge yeah or something.
0: I kept looking for that because I that one is so clear in my mind yeah. But I didn't realize it was a New Adventures episode. <laughs> I thought it was one of, one of the older ones.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, I haven't seen that one for a while, but I'll bet you our take on that is going to be, this is not as good as <laughs> Riddler, or Second Chance. Yes. Yeah, because I,
0: I I remember that one, the, the the judge ends up being Two-Face or whatever, and,
1: yeah, I I, yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be as strong as this one, yeah. Nope. <laughs> no. Um, I wonder when we get to that season, because um, I really love the animations. St- changes mm. some of them that they made in that but I'm, I wonder that if the batting average on that season by itself will be different be better or worse than the batting average of these first two seasons
0: yeah I don't know it's going to be interesting because there's fewer episodes uh it's only like 22 or 25 episodes I think so right um and I do know spoiler there's at least one five in there for me, anyway. I don't remember a yeah. lot of those episodes off the top of my head, but the one I very clearly yeah. do remember is uh, Legends of the Dark Knight, which has always been my favorite episode of the whole series. So,
1: yeah, uh, I think there are three fives in the yeah. last season. Honestly, that might
0: be a better batting a- If that sticks, that might be a better that's, batting average than this series because I think that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I think we've only done have we done more than one five, honestly? has anything have we said anything has equal friggin' hard advice <laughs>
1: uh i honestly can't remember i i haven't yeah. been writing them down well for me uh over the edge is a five um have no fear is a five mm-hmm. with, uh, with tim drake um like you said the one with all the different versions of batman is kind of a five mm-hmm. i used to wait a minute um almost got him. i think to me might have been a five sure I think I bullied you into giving it a five as well, <laughs> if I remember correctly. <laughs> That's fair. But, you know, my takeaway with the third or fourth season is it was so clean and streamlined. It has almost no fat on all of the episodes. Um, but because it's so clean, it comes across as a bit quick and cold. Sure. And it doesn't um, marinate in the gloom like the first two seasons do. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I. Um, and I'm sure we can talk about this more when we kind of do our season wrap up yep. in a couple of weeks. Yep. But um, I do feel like one of the things that makes this series special is they don't skimp on those quieter scenes. Like yep. you'll have scenes where it's just a guy in a dark room, you know, looking at papers or something before anything happens. There's they they give like yep. you're saying they, yep. they let you marinate a little bit more in the in the atmosphere.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I really love. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say I really love the uh, the animation in this one. There's Mm. some great action scenes. You got Robin uh, grappling onto a above ground train, Mm -hmm. chasing a car, getting on top. I mean, him being thrown off a bridge. I thought that was really well animated. When he's, uh, it's like a side shot of him going down uh, towards the water, and he manages to undo his ropes, grab his batarang or whatever, and, and you know, save himself. Yeah. But uh, some really great sequences here. Like honestly, I'd have a hard time deciding which one I'd want to draw. I'm not trying to skip to the end. Yeah. But um, yeah, they yeah. really definitely threw some money at this episode, which I, I think paid off.
0: Yeah. It's it's a it's one. It's the thing that's really fascinating to me about this show is more often than not, it feels like the ones they throw money at are not the f- flashiest ones. Hmm. Like they, there's there's a few good scenes that require you know solid animation, but it's not like. Yeah. Uh, they're not all that episode with the cult leader where they're like fighting on top of the spinning uh, solar system model and shit, you know, or the Clock King episode. Right. <laughs> they 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 yeah. do they do these smaller <laughs> episodes that they just lean into quality wise, and it brings the I whole know, thing man. Up. And I think this like is one of with the.
1: Like the Rupert Thorne as a kid and his buddy was a priest and oh sure the train yeah. sequence. I'm like, hey man, I'm loving this. But you know, Batman's not in this scene, right? Right. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, think of the uh, uh, I, the the one we did last week, uh, the friggin' Jonah Hex episode.
1: Yeah, where they're just oh, yeah, like,
0: yeah. yeah, let's just throw some money at this giant <clears throat> airship that we blow up
1: while you guys are having a sword fight and stuff. That's one where they, I guess, yeah. the
0: bigger stuff they did throw the money at, but
1: right. I was really impressed with this one villain, henchman in this, that has blonde hair. He was very well fleshed out. Not only his look, but the way he talked. It was like this. It was a little different than everyone else did. And he starts, he has this monologue like, Man, can you believe I used to fish in these waters? But uh, you can't anymore. You know why? All the garbage. You wouldn't believe what people throw in as he's throwing Robin in. Like, (laughs) I'm like, Wow, that guy's. I mean, he's one note, but he's more interesting than he deserves to be. (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah. Do you think that was on the
0: page? Do you think they just got an actor who was like, I have been thinking about this character all night,
1: and I have some ideas. He just goes, and he finishes, and they're like, yeah, but can you read the script? (laughs) I want to talk about the river. You got to imagine, Gotham River's pretty dirty, right? Nobody ever talks about global warming in Gotham City. (laughs) I know, (laughs) One day mother Nature's gonna bite back <laughs> i was reading this
0: really interesting statistics page the other day i'd like to tell you about it as we throw robin into this water
1: yeah I mean, he's so educated like what the hell is he doing as a henchman <laughs> what did you think of uh uh sorry penguins scene with all the birds and him as a uh a red herring uh i thought that was fun um
0: i liked i actually liked i, I liked the dancing birds <laughs> i like i when i when when penguin shows off that he's taught his birds how to dance and sink. i i don't know
1: i think that was kind of fun <laughs> and then shoves batman off the ledge yeah yeah
0: <coughs> i i what i what i did like uh, uh sorry, i don't mean to jump to the next one I, I i do want to know what you thought about that one but I, I did i did uh i did like that when robin goes to rupert thorne rupert rupert thorne is like no that's not me but uh I'm still going to kill you anyway. Like he he could have just let him go or something. And but he's yeah. he had Robin there so he's like, "No, I'm I have I'm not responsible for that at all, but since you're
1: here, yeah. I may as well drown you in the river." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I liked the investi the failed um uh, the investigation of uh, Riddler and um sorry, uh Penguin and uh Rupert (laughs) Thorne. It's been a long day. But it didn't go anywhere. And I'm now thinking back, like, was there a cleaner way to do this? Did you really need those guys and all that effort put into those scenes that went nowhere? I mean, they're interesting little anecdotes, but it doesn't do anything for the story.
0: Yeah, I think think Thorne... I I don't think I would have used the Penguin because I think the Penguin... the, The excuse they come up with is something that's like... Not anything we've ever seen. Where it's like, oh, yeah. he, you, you're mad at him because he stole that bird from you or some shit. Um
1: right. But Rupert. Yeah, yeah. There's no connection there. Yeah, but Rupert Thorn Thorn is connected, has but it's not connection, earlier. Yeah.
0: So if I wish they had, if they had done, if they had another person they could have gone to that they could at least call back to, um, hmm. almost like, uh, almost like a, a sort of version of that of the Harvey Bullock episode where they're kind of just like, oh, well, obviously this person has something wrong with him because of this direct thing that we've seen or we know of uh, instead of just cherry-picking a a Batman villain.
1: Right. I mean, I don't think you needed Penguin. You can keep Thorn; He can be the the, the failed lead, but uh, I don't think Penguin really gets you much, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except those really cute dancing birds. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's where all the money went, I think. Yeah. Um, One thing I always when Two-Face flips a coin at the end mm. and the coin lands on edge over and over, I always get to the point where I'm like, wait, when did Batman do that? Yeah. And at the end, Batman says, I, I, I put it in your pocket. But they should have shown that, I think. Mm. I well, I don't think you see a moment where he does anything like that. I don't think you do either. The
0: thing that was killing me in that scene was I was like, just, just have it land in your hand, man. Just wait. It, the <laughs> yeah. only reason it's landing on the floor is because Batman said he wanted to see it. After the second right. time it lands on its side, you're a supervillain. You don't have to keep your yeah. word here. You can just flip it and let it land in your hand.
1: Right. But what I loved is his OCD kicks in. Yes. Because yeah. Batman says, "I want to see it." That's what literally drives Two Face over the edge mm-hmm. of the building. Mm-hmm. Is it something's not working? And like he, Batman is un- handcuffed and sitting there in a threat, and he doesn't even care. He's just mad at the coin. I thought that was great. Yeah.
0: I I wish the only thing that I wish is that I wish Batman had given a little bit more psychology about why he wanted to see it like you know there's I there's no reason I should trust a monster like you to 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 give me a fair shake or something like it. You're all about right. you're all about uh uh justice and 50-50 or whatever, but I want to make sure that mm-hmm. this is for real and you keep your word so I want to see it hit the ground or something. Right. Uh um, Yeah because then it then at least then at least yeah it it's uh I think it's a little bit stronger as to why he does it over and over again <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah 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 oh, and the one my one pet peeve of this though is uh at the very end two faces falling down the side of a building mm-hmm. Batman dives after him Robin is there too you see the building explode behind them and then they cut. I mean, you know Batman caught him because you've seen him do it a thousand times, mm. but I don't know. I, I wish they would have just taken two seconds to show him catching Harvey's hand again and then Harvey saying, thank you. But, you know, in, in the more Harvey voice saying thank you sure, to Batman, sure. not the Two-Face voice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I
0: agree. I think I think that, especially given the story that they were doing, I think that would have been a nice addition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, one thing that I noticed in these two episodes, and maybe it's just because it was Batman or or Bruce talking to specifically Dick, so he didn't have to put on airs or whatever. But this is the first time I can remember seeing an extended scene with the newer uh, interpretation of how Kevin Conroy plays Batman, which is he just sounds like Batman all the time. Like Mm. when he's just Bruce, you don't get that lighter Bruce Wayne voice anymore. It's just Batman. Yeah, which is something but that he, continues over into the next series
1: yeah but I mean even at the very end he always uses that voice with Dick if it's just the two of them yeah, he doesn't put on his Bruce Wayne shtick and yeah, uh, even in this one where Two-Face walks past him Bruce doesn't have any lines at all mm. but yeah. if he had said something I feel like he probably still would have sounded like soft concerned Batman voice because Harvey is someone that he wants to let in Yeah, yeah, you're probably Uh, right. I I see what you're saying. I I, I
0: might, I might just be misremembering other scenes they've done. Because yeah, it doesn't make a ton of sense for him to have to use the Bruce Wayne voice if if they're talking about (laughs) Batman stuff. Hey, Two Face, how you doing?
1: Yeah, I'll pay for this. Whatever.
0: See you later, buddy. We'll go to the Half Moon Club. Well, Robin, actually, the thing is that uh, this (laughs) this is a a riddle. It's about a street address because we didn't have it upside down the right way. <laughs> um but yeah that that yeah. is I've said that before that's my the one thing that I don't like when they switch over is that the goofy Bruce Wayne basically disappears.
1: Yeah. So I have a question for you that's sort of not related. It is related to Batman though and it's c- it could be a deep question but we'll try to deal with it kind of lightly. Sure. Um do you think that let's say you're as a creator mm-hmm. is your best most profound stuff more likely to be on a um, commercial character like Batman or is the stuff you really want to seek your teeth into the stuff that you own yourself the stuff that you control and then the stuff that's not as commercial you know what I mean
0: sure um, tough answer like- for me because I've
1: never worked
0: on a in that capacity on a commercial thing um, yeah. but uh, it, at least not like not nothing like Batman or anything like that um, I honestly I feel like it depends on the story that you're trying to tell cuz I mean if you've got mm. a story that's about a com- this commercial character like Batman or whatever and you feel yeah. really passionately about that story then you feel really passionately about that story and same for yeah the other stuff that you're doing on on your own.
1: Right. I guess when I might think of a good example to, and to describe this further is you look at what Chris Nolan does. Mm-hmm. Um my favorite movies that he's done is um the prestige mm-hmm. i liked um um i really liked the second batman movie he did i think that one did have some really artful stuff in it mm-hmm. but i feel like for what i would ask him is did you really get to do everything you wanted on batman or did you feel like you had to compromise it like if this wasn't a Batman movie, I would have done this with these scenes. But this is a popcorn flick, so maybe I just give people what they want. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I'll make some stuff profound in small ways, and so I don't feel like I'm selling out. But maybe I'll save the real good stuff that I really want to talk about for Tenant mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I I mean I think you I think you got to make a choice
0: uh, if the story feels like it you it's it. Uh, lends itself to talking about that stuff you want to talk about. I just, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of of the mind where it's like, if you've got a, if you've got an idea that you know is good and you know it's something you want to sink your teeth into, mm-hmm. um, I, I hesitate to say that you should sit on it if, if you don't have to. Like if it, if it, if it fits a Batman story. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're like, well, maybe I don't want to do it in Batman. Maybe I want to do it in something else. Part of me is like, well, you might never get to do Batman again, so you may as well right. throw, you know, put your best foot forward and and do p- swing for the fence.
1: Um, yeah.
0: So yeah, I don't know. I think it all depends on the story and and what exactly it is that you're that you're wanting to to sink your teeth into.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess the the reason I'm asking is because when I do Batman, you know, I, I give it the best I can mm-hmm. every day, but. I really like small moments in stories when characters talk about stuff that's not related to the story. you get sure. some real charm, real development and I think readers really like that stuff too. but it is Batman. I only have 22 pages you know by the I want to leave it on a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. I'd like to have two splashes in there. Um, I try to have some small moments when I can you know Batman talking to Harley, or whatever I give her some lines that I'm pretty happy with. But it's it always feels like I um, move on a little sooner because I'm like, well, it's Batman. People don't need to see too much of this stuff. Let's just get back to the action. Sure. Thereby compromising the script. Sure. And maybe to some people, it's not compromising because they maybe the Harley, the stuff with Batman and Harley, Harley Quinn it should be short and sweet. They don't need to see more than that. Like I don't really know what the answer is, but I don't know. I just feel like. Um, when do creators really get to do their best, most profound and meaningful art? Um, when they're faced with, hey, you want to do Batman movies? You want to do three? Well, that's going to eat up 10 years. So, mm. you know, you only have so many years alive to make art. Are you really going to find that satisfaction working on a commercial movie? Or is it better to be more like, I don't know, David Fincher? Um, and find stuff like I love David Fincher. Mm. I think he gets plenty of small moments. That's who I'd like to be as a comic book creator, but I find myself turning more into, um, you know, someone like Chris Nolan or even like Tim Burton sometimes, sure, you know, like, sure. Oh, let's, let's be more commercial. Let's, let's cut down on the small chit chat and let's just get back to the action. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think I, I feel like with the commercial stuff, if you're working on licensed stuff, the the trick is if I had to guess anyway, the trick yeah. is to find what it is about that stuff that draws you to doing it, you know.
1: Because uh, yeah.
0: you don't, you, if you if you get to the point where you're just laying it out like an Excel sheet in your head, then maybe yeah. you're not as passionate about it as you used to be. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's like it's finding the things in 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 the 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 concept or the story that you you're, you're uh, the characters you've been given to use that mm-hmm. excite you about. About that stuff, and so because right. I don't think it's mutually exclusive. I mean, like if you watch the Batman, the Tim Burton Batman movies, that dude's mm-hmm. doing some weird shit. Like he he, the <laughs> the second Batman Returns, I don't think is a Batman movie anybody ever thought they would see. Uh, <laughs> it's a Batman movie, sure as hell is a Batman movie, but it's also very much a Tim Burton Batman movie. Yeah, so yeah, he's all over that. <laughs> yeah, so it's like you know, it's you kind of have to find the things that you care about and how you can kind of synthesize them with what you're saying the this more uh mm-hmm. how do you, how do you do what you want to do but also do what you think is going to be a crowd pleasing thing cuz i think i think yeah. it's very easy to become overindulgent too uh where right. it's like oh if i've got batman now i'm really going to get into it and just like get really cerebral about shit it's like all right well mm-hmm. yeah t- okay some to yeah. to a point you know like i said if it if it doesn't fit the story then it just seems yeah. like
1: you're, you're talking to yourself, you know? It is interesting, though, that um, I'm not sure about Joel Schumacher. Um, but a lot of directors, when they're offered Batman, um, their first instinct is to say no. I think Bruce, what uh, Bruce, Tim, Tim Burton mm-hmm. is on record as saying he wasn't so sure about it. He wasn't a Batman fan. He didn't read comics. And when they came to him, he's like, "Really? You want me to? do Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I kind of would rather do Beetlejuice. That's kind of my thing. But yeah, I guess I can do Batman. You know, they they kind of wanted to say no. And I my instinct with Chris Nolan is he also felt that way. But the power of having a huge, if you can just swallow your pride and do a kick ass Batman movie, you can do whatever the fuck you sure. want after that. Absolutely. And I think that's yeah. the compromise. And I don't know if Joel Schumacher uh, went after it and you know or. He didn't really want to do it either. Um, I'm guessing that um, uh, Zack Snyder did, because he just seems like he's sort of oh, after yeah. that kind of stuff. He's, anyway, he's
0: all over that, that those movies. Like those, yeah.
1: That whole that whole universe explicitly doesn't exist without him. Yeah, right. But I'm wondering what the I don't even know if there's a through line here. Why do these really even? Uh, sorry to skip around. Even Spielberg, when he was offered Jaws, and Jaws was the first blockbuster ever, and he, he even said no to that script. Someone had to talk him into it, and they said, if you can do Jaws well and make this script well, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the many documentaries. So even he, yet another creator who's faced with a a, a slam dunk project, kinda wants to say no mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I just find that really fascinating.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think there's. I think there is a uh, jaws I don't I don't know because it jaws isn't obviously it was an adaptation but it wasn't like a it's not like a franchise or anything or a pre-existing character right. but I think yeah, yeah. I think generally uh, like take Chris Evans Chris Evans mm-hmm. turned down Captain America I think multiple times and yeah. uh, I think what comes with these things is the certain. Either correct understanding or implication of you having less creative freedom Mm -hmm. than you'd want, yeah, Uh, which can be, which is a big deal for a lot of people. And I'm not saying that you should blindly go into one of these giant movies by committee and do whatever because it doesn't work for everybody. Yeah, Um, but uh, so I can see why people would turn that stuff down for exactly that reason. Like you're saying, it's like I know Chris Evans, it was like he was staring down being Captain America for 15 years or 10 years or something. And that's that's a long time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's funny because I know when actors say yes to that, they worry that they're going to get typecast. And that's I always a, felt if I, was, if I was an actor, if I was Chris Evans, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to be in your superhero movie. I'm going to save my money and I'm going to find a way to finance my own low-budget art movie sure. of some kind after. I'm going to do you know, um, uh, Lost in Translation. Something that's a different genre. I'm going to quickly reinvent myself. Even if it's not fantastic, I'll get art points mm-hmm. for it. And I, that's what I think these actors should do is immediately have a, a plan for right after mm-hmm. to just well, widen the... Well, that's uh,
0: Well, I was just going to say, that's essentially what Robert Pattinson's been done because yeah, he came off of Twilight essentially being, oh, that's the Twilight kid. And I mean, Kristen Stewart did the same thing, um yeah. but he's They're both smart, yeah, they've managed to very quickly shed shed the Twilight stuff and go into much more interesting things, which is why I find yeah. it interesting that he ended up coming back and doing another big budget
1: franchise, but you know. Right, who's, who's I think he's taken enough time off because he did the uh, Willem Dafoe Lighthouse movie and some other stuff, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and enough people in who know what they're talking about have been saying for years like Pattinson's way better than people give him credit for. Sure. You really got to give him a chance. So I've listened to enough of those people where I'm like, yeah, I'll take him as Bruce Wayne. Sure. Yeah,
0: and I mean, I think <laughs> as far as that goes, uh, with the exception of. Probably George Clooney. Most most of the time, where they cast someone as Batman, and people go, "Oh, that guy," he usually turns out to be pretty good. So,
1: yeah, uh, <laughs>
0: Clooney. Actually, I don't even know what the reaction was. It almost seems like Clooney. People were like, "Oh, yeah, he would be a great Batman," and
1: ultimately, mm-hmm. that
0: didn't turn out exactly that way. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, um,
1: I am allowed by DC to talk about George Clooney. Yeah, Batman, yeah we can open, we can open up the
0: floodgates <laughs> on that. Sure, uh, but yeah, just to, to to wrap it up on the episode. Um, what, yeah. what would you draw from this one? Uh, can
1: you answer first? I haven't thought of mine yet. I
0: think I, I was I was having a tough time with this one too. I think I would like to try my hand at the coin sequence at the end of the coin mm. landing on its, on its side, because that would be yeah. a really interesting thing to try and depict graphically. Yeah. Um, doing that multiple times. How much movement do you put into it, showing the coin and all this kind of stuff, and I, mm-hmm. I think it would be, I think it would be an interesting thing to try.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think I would draw Robin pursuing, um, when he gets thrown off the bridge, I think you'd have a lot of, if you had enough space to do it, you could do a nice sequence of him falling, you know, you'd zoom way out. You see a tiny red suited Robin going down. You zoom in, you see his, a couple of little like, uh, accent panels showing him cut through his ropes. Um, Pulling out his grappling hook mm-hmm. and swinging back up, and then there's a great shot of him kicking both of these thugs as they get in the car. And he comes through the driver's seat window with both legs and just kicks yeah. the two of them. And he kicks them and swings through the car while he does it. That would be an amazing two page spread. Yeah, yeah. Um, you'd definitely be able to sell that. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. Um, I was. There's think- not a lot of like deep storytelling there, but I think that'd be a fun exercise.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about the coin thing, and I was like, you know, I feel like. To, to make this land, it would have to be like at least three pages because in my head, I'm mm-hmm. think, or thinking like there's the page where he flips the coin page turn. I would do like a splash page or maybe like mm-hmm. just a giant panel of the coin landing on its side. You know, maybe like yeah. a worm's eye view looking up past it at two faces. He sees that it's on the on the side kind of thing and then right, another yeah. page of them, of him flipping it again, and, and then if the action starts. So it, it, I think I think you could get a really interesting sequence out of out of that, out of, out of both of those things. I think the, the Robin stuff would be great.
1: Mm. Yeah, you're right. What you're talking about is more like moment-to-moment storytelling, like Jimmy Corrigan style, a bunch of tiny panels of uh, a quarter rolling and stopping, and then, you, you know, yeah, or, the characters or not reacting. Like, yeah. you could have some real fun with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, What would you rate this? Um, mm, I'm going to go high four. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I'm going to go with a four cl- on this one. It's it's close to a five, but uh, I don't know. It's just not one of my standout fives. Yeah, I'm trying to think what would put it over the edge, because like, if I... That scene at the end is a five. Yeah. That's, if, just to break it up by scenes, the coin stuff and at the end, and then him and Robin, his hand on Robin's shoulder, that's all a five. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think if it, I think if the stuff in the middle with the penguin and some of that sequence had a little bit more meat to it, I think that would yeah. be a five. Like if they got into more Batman and Robin relationship stuff and less yeah. and, and fewer dancing birds, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I think that's what ratchets it up, ratchets it up to the next. Because because if someone said to me, what what Two-Face mm-hmm. episodes should I watch from the show? I would definitely say this one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this or the uh, intro. Did we, did we like the intro? The intro, the the two face part one and two. Oh, uh, I think we did. Uh,
0: I don't remember. I don't think we gave it a five. I think I think we liked one half more than the other, if I remember correctly. We did. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. We did. But uh, you can listen to all of those old shows on our uh, <laughs> podcast stream or on YouTube or whatever. But um. <laughs>
1: Uh, are we on Spotify yet? How do you get on Spotify? I think
0: we are. Uh, I'd have to ask Wes. I, I think the main Penske show is on Spotify. I'm not positive about, about badass, but if you're listening to it on yeah. Spotify, then yes, we are.
1: <laughs> um, did you get a big deal like Joe Rogan got? Yeah, yeah. I got a huge deal. <laughs>
0: that's that's why I'm talking about not being able to buy $900 statues. <laughs>
1: that's a good way to end it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so with that in mind sign up for our patreon at <laughs> patreon.com slash the penske file to help me get one of those statues <laughs> um so yeah that's gonna do it for uh, uh riddler's reform and second chance if you'd like the show if you want to give us a rating review on itunes that would be awesome uh and yeah please check out all the other shows that we do we'd uh the penske file we where wes and i talk about star trek everything under the star trek umbrella uh rotten horror picture show or myself and amanda talk about horror movies which is a lot of fun obviously badass there's a lot of stuff to listen to uh if you're cooking if you know if you're walking the dog you're making food you're cleaning the house you can hear (laughs) my voice
1: all day if you wanted i can't imagine why you haven't gotten that batman book yet clay yeah i don't know
0: (laughs) i know i'm sick of listening to me so i know some other people (laughs) ask me too
1: and I think you need this. I think it's your editor's brain or the librarian inside of you that just loves this. Like I don't imagine what you'd be doing if you weren't able to record yourself. Honestly, I I think it's a healthy. I think it's a good thing that you're doing. I don't
0: know if I necessarily need to record it, but I do like talking
1: about it with people. So, <laughs> well, it's weird if you're just talking about it out loud with yourself and no one else is around. That's true. My, if you're recording it, now it's cool. Yeah, and plus my
0: my dog and I don't see eye to eye on these episodes most time anyway. So. <laughs> I liked that episode. I thought it was a five. Shut up. Go to bed. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's gonna do it for these ones. And next time we'll be back with Harley's holiday and lockup. We're coming to the end of this season. Uh, we only got a few more left, so hopefully they're good. All right, guys. Thanks, Sean. See you guys soon. Thank you. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>